Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Thank you for having another listen, guys. Just before we get into the show, just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products in lunchrooms, reception desks, and they are in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price, and as the largest direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power, and without the overheads of a shop front, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, if you want to take a look at this, the link will be below in the description, but guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the show. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. I do apologize for being a bit in and out of the podcast, just everything going on with life, but it is what it is. We'll get past it. Guys... This episode today, a bit of the NBA wrap-up. It's been basically like four to five weeks since I've done a podcast, I think, so it's pretty pretty slack of me. But I'm just going to go everything between those period, that weeks, so those four to five weeks, wrap everything up. The All-Star starters have come out, so we'll talk about that too, but let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's get straight into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. So on today's episode, guys, first off, we'll get that cab, cab out of the ranks. The All-Star starters have come out. The Western Conference, as we as we know right now, starters have come out. Pretty good starters, if you've asked me. Obviously, everybody's talking about Andrew Wiggins and does he actually deserve to be an All-Star. Look, you got it, it, look, it's hard because is he one of the five best players in the Western Conference? Is he a top five player in the Western Conference right now? No, he's not a top five player in the Western Conference. But I do think he's a very, very good player and... You know, depending on Draymond, if he if he makes it, depending on injury and voting, Golden State needed to have two two All Stars in in the Western Conference All Star team, right? Because I just believe everything that they do, the start that they got off to without Clay, it, it was super impressive to me, and I think it was super impressive to everybody everybody in the NBA. Now, I did think Golden State were going to be a really good team, but I didn't think they were going to be this good straight away. I thought it would have been a bit of an adjustment period, and they could have been a real dark horse, but. They're looking like a dead set favorite to me. You know, obviously they're the second seed in the West right now, behind obviously the Phoenix Suns. But I just think that going back onto Andrew Wiggins, there, I actually do think he he deserves it. You know, he you don't look, you don't really look at his stats, but you know he's averaging about nineteen points a game. You know, he's shooting career high three point percentage. He he defends the best player on the court at all times. Those things for me, they, that 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 shows me that he's growing as a player and he's maturing in age as a player too. And that's something that you got to realise that, you know, when he was first in the league, he was just looking to be a scorer, a scorer. And he was the first to second option. Now he, when when they have Clay, he'll be the third option scoring, right? So now he just has to get his shots up and he has to be smart and economical with his shots. But, you know, I'm really impressed with what he's doing. You know, his, his rebounds and assists doesn't smash, break out to you, it's great. But I think he's, he's doing a really, really good job and he deserves it. He deserves it. He's playing really, really good. And I think people actually underestimate how important he is to that Warriors team, especially defensively. You know, the other stars, we've got Steph Curry. Obviously, that's a dead set, easy pick. Right now for me, if not the MVP, he's in the MVP conversation. He's the best point guard in the world right now. You know, coming close to his tail right now is Ja Morant. Don't get me wrong, but right now, he's still the best point guard in the NBA. So I'm really, really impressed with what he's doing. Obviously, we have Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP. That's a dead set, easy choice. I think he's the best center in the NBA, and what he does, you know, on the court, it, people actually don't realize how good he is. And when he stops playing in the league, I think people are going to underappreciate how good of a player he was. Some of the stuff he does, it's, it's insane. Like it's honestly like you don't realize how good of a player he really, really is. So, you know, I'm really excited on him. 
you know, making that all-star again. And I'm, I'm happy that he's kind of getting the credit that he deserves. You know, obviously he deserves way more credit, but I, I love that. You know, we also have LeBron. LeBron's an easy, easy choice too, guys. He's obviously one of the best players ever. You know, I didn't realize he was like top three in the point scoring until I really looked at him because he didn't really play a lot. And then I actually looked at the past 10, 15 games and he was like averaging like 28 points a game. And I thought, fuck, that's pretty impressive if you ask me. Like he was doing a really, really good job. So I'm still impressed with him. You know, Father Time hasn't got to him yet, which is crazy because he is a gun. And then Ja, obviously, if I, I talked about it a little bit, but Ja Morant for me, guys, he's not just the most improved player in the NBA for me. I, I think if, it, if the Grizzlies keep going the way they do, he could definitely be an MVP candidate because he he just had a triple-double today as I'm recording this. He is a bucket, man. He is honestly dead set nuts. I said on this podcast on record that I thought he was going to be an MVP within three to five years. I definitely think that's going to be a true statement. I think he'll definitely get an MVP, especially because how good you know they played the Grizzlies as a team. They're a super deep team too, and that's, that's the next topic I want to talk about before I get into the Eastern Conference All-Stars is the Grizzlies as a team... I thought they were good, but I didn't realize how deep they are. Like you look at their roster, I, I, I'm I I believe this to 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 the core. I just think that they're about. I would say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve deep, twelve deep at least. That I don't I don't really see that within a lot of NBA teams now. People can think I'm wrong. People can think I'm right. But I, I think they're that deep. Like, they are very, very good. Like, their rookie, Zayah Williams, when he comes in, he does a role. And I think the team that they built, you know, with Taylor Jenkins, they just go out there and they just want to win. You know, they don't care who gets the points, who gets the stats. Obviously, Jar's the ring leader. And he's the alpha on that team. But that, nobody else really cares. They just want to get their job done and win. Perfect example is that is Brandon Clark coming off the bench. You know, he would probably start on most NBA teams, I would assume, if you ask me. He's that good of a player. But he comes off the bench and he gets his role done. And that just shows me and epitomizes the Grizzlies right now. I, I was high on them. I didn't think they were, they were going to be this good. I didn't think they were going to be the third best team in the West. I obviously thought they were going to be a bit of a dark horse because the West is a bit, you know, depleted with injuries. You know, you've got Denver depleted. You've got the Clippers depleted. You know, Portland's fallen off a cliff. The Lakers haven't got it together. So I, I definitely thought, thought that they could have been a really, really interesting team. But if you look at it now, I think that they could definitely beat a, you know, they could beat a Utah Jazz they can beat a Dallas, they can beat a Denver in the first round, wherever they fall, you know, and they can be in that second round, you know. If they versus Golden State, look, I would still say Golden State win, but, mate, that would be one of the most entertaining series, I'd say, in the past 10 years of basketball because for some reason, and Coach says this, Chrissy, Memphis has Golden State's number. They know how to beat them, and that's something that you shouldn't take for granted. And obviously, you know, that could just be, you know, they, things can fall their way, but they've been able to do it consistently, beating them. So I, I would love to see... That, in, that matchup, but going back, the Grizzlies, I think, you know, they're, they're the Cinderella story of this year in the Western Conference, and then I want to talk about Cleveland, right? Cleveland, for me, and this is the next topic I want to talk to, and then I'll get into my East, because this is just very interesting, if you ask me. The Cleveland Cavaliers, if you were to say to LeBron James, what would be a better fit for LeBron right now, playing with the Cleveland Cavaliers or playing with the Los Angeles Lakers? It's not as clear-cut as you would think. You would say, oh, you know, the Lakers, they got AD, they got Russ. I would, I, I don't know, man, I think the country, I'd, just, I'd probably say Cleveland. They got Darius Garland, who's a, who's a very, very smart player. He should be an all-star this year. He might not make it. He might be the biggest snub right now because it's hard. There's only 12 players. But you have Darius Garland, who's been career year. You have Laurie Markkinen, who's playing really, really well. He's kind of found a new lease in life there at the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Great to see him do that. You've got Evan Mobley, one of the rookie of the year candidates right now, who's been really, really good, been better than what I expected. You know, this guy is going to be a dead set freak in the NBA, averaging 15 and 8. You know, you've got Jared Allen, a great, great player who just does all the dirty work, plays hard, plays super physical, and just does his role super well. You've got Rajon Rondo there. You still have Colin Sexton injured. You know, Dylan Winters is a player I actually really like too. You know, he doesn't average a lot of points, but he's a good role player, gets his job done. You know, Kevin Love would be doing the exact same role on a championship contending team if he didn't get traded. And I love that they didn't trade him, they didn't buy him out. Because he's, he's a really good person, first off. But he's a really good leader for that locker room. And he, and he gets along with those players. So I'm really happy with them. You put LeBron on this team. And I don't know. I, I, mean, they, I wouldn't be shocked if they were to beat some teams. Honestly, I could see them beating the Brooklyn if they had LeBron there. You know, I could see them beating the Philly. I don't know about a Milwaukee, but like they're, they're, they're pretty good. So I, I think Cleveland Cavaliers, no matter what happens this season, you know whether they, whether they drop to the sixth seed, whether they, they get into the plane, whatever happens, they are the overachievers of the East for me. And I just think people need to talk about them more often. And I kind of talked about them like in one of my previous podcasts, but they've been doing this consistently now. And like without Rubio too, because I thought Rubio was one of their key pieces. But without Rubio, they're, they're, they're dominating. They're going really, really well. 30 and 19. You know, that's not easy. They're over 66%, you know. Sorry, they're, they're, they're a win percentage of 6-12. You know, right now, if they're in the Western Conference at 6-12, they'd be the four seed. You know, so they're actually a good team. Like, that's insane, you know, if you ask me, because I thought they would have been near the bottom of the, of the Eastern Conference rankings and near the bottom of the league in general, to be quite honest with you. So I just have to talk about that. Now I'll move into my take on the Eastern Conference starters. I think that they kind of got this pretty right, to be quite honest. Obviously, we'll start off with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, obviously, one of the leading vote-getters in the, in the guards. I love him as a guard. I mean, as a, as a starter. I don't know if he's a guard. I, mean, I think he's more of a wing front court player. You know, sometimes he was playing a little bit of four-man here. But you just have to have, for me, just pick the five best players. I think they should abolish the front court, back court system. Just pick the five best players. Five best players, you think, and just do that. Because that's, that's what it is. Exhibition game. They're not running plays out there. But DeMar DeRozan, thoroughly deserved right now in, a t- in the MVP candidacy too. I think he's, you know, at, if today's game, if the season, sorry, ended today, he would be the first team all NBA in some sort of position, if you ask me. He's playing that good. New lease of life in Chicago. I think they're going really, really well. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be a dark horse in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'm not too sure how far they'll get. Maybe a second round, but I have no idea. But stranger things have happened. But they're, they're, they're a team that when they play full strength, they mesh really well and they have pieces that, you know, correlate with each other. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see them. I'm excited for DeMar too. He's one of the best, one of the great guys in the NBA. Trey Young, you know, Trey Young for me, I think is a top five point guard in this league. I think when you really watch just Trey Young play, a lot of people thought he was Steph Curry. I think he's very much Steve Nash type. You know, he can shoot the ball, but he can he can, he can can play make. I think he's probably a top three playmaker in the NBA right now. I'd say him, Jokic, and probably LeBron. Like, you know, Draymond has to be close there too, but I think that, and CP3 also, but there's there's obviously people I'm going to miss, but they're, they're, he is really, really good, especially within the pick and roll. He might be the best pick and roll, you know, assist man in the NBA right now, currently just on form. I think he deserves it. I think he's a really, really good player. And, you know, Atlanta are kind of, you know, Getting a little bit of momentum, you know they're twenty three and twenty five right now. I would I wouldn't want to burst them in the playoffs if I was a team because you know they've proven to beat some good teams, you know, and they can go up against adversity and play really well. There has been a bit of trade talks, you know, maybe John Collins, but that, but that comes up every year. And look, they've given him the max, so I'm not too sure what they're going to do trade wise. 
if they want Ben Simmons, yeah, I get it. But like, they already got Trey. Like, and to be honest, I think Trey's better than Ben Simmons anyway. So that's just my opinion. Giannis, obviously, that's not, that's an easy pick. Probably, you know, some guy that you look at a scattering point, you're like, how the hell am I going to defend this guy? He's an obvious pick, guys. I love him so much as a player, as a person too. He's a great guy, great spokesperson for the NBA. So he's a great pick, obviously. KD as the leading vote getter in the East and the captain. That's an easy pick too. Now, he probably won't be playing this game because remember, he did get a, a knee sprain. So he's going to be out for four to six weeks. So that's going to be a spot open. Not too sure who's going to take that. They might just do who was the next leading vote getter. Um, that could be a possibility, but he's not going to be there. And then obviously, Joel Embiid, the second best or whatever your opinion is, the best center in the NBA. You know, he's doing a really, really good job with that Philadelphia team. You know, a lot of people actually underestimate how good they're going. They're the fifth seed in the in the East right now without their second best player, and they haven't even got anything for him. If they can get some good pieces for him, maybe they could be a team that is a smoky in that Eastern Conference. But yeah, I'm, I just think that Joel Embiid needs to get a little bit more credit. I think he's a center that if he was in the 2000s, MVP can't MVP MVP. He would be that good of a player, you know, in the in the eighties. Sorry, the eighties to the two thousands. He would be a dominant force. So, like, I think people got to realize how good of a player he really is. But I think they got it right with the East. I think they, I think they fairly got it right with the West too. I'm not angry that Wiggins made it. I'm not angry because it depended on Draymond if he gets voted in or not. Because you're not too sure. I would have him voted in, obviously. But I think Golden State deserved two players in in the uh, in the All Star. Obviously, Phoenix deserve players in there too, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker will both get named as reserves. I would thoroughly think, but that's 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 my take on on the East and West. If they were to play a game, you know, starting wise, I would take the Eastern Conference. I think the Eastern Conference is just a bit more balanced. I think the KD, Giannis, and Joel Embiid front court is just so dominant. It would just really bash the Western Conference there. But let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. Western Conference has three out of, you know, probably the six or seven, you know, MVP candidates right there. So it would be a really good team. You know, my reserves, I'll do another podcast on that maybe in a couple of days because I just want to really think about it because I did a take on it really, really early and it, it's changed. It's definitely changed. There's a lot of players that would be there that aren't and a lot of players that aren't there that would be for me. Obviously, Darius Garland's going to be a big piece. Will he make it depending on it? I think that a Cleveland player will make it. I think it's more in line that Jarrett Allen will make it, just based on the fact that front court is pretty is pretty shallow in the East compared to the guards, because guards are always going to be, you know, super stacked. Like, you look at it, you know, Chicago has Lonzo, who could possibly be, who could have possibly been an all-star. Obviously, Darius Garland's better. But, you know, you've got Zach Levine, you know, Cleveland Darius, Brooklyn, James Harden, he didn't get voted in. You know, Milwaukee have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Charlotte, they have Lamelo. you know, Boston are going to have Jason Tatum, I'm assuming, in there, you know. So Toronto, Fred Van Bleet, you know. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Bradley Beal from the Wizards. So there's a lot of people that are going to, you know, some people are going to get brushed, unfortunately. And that is what it is. But I think they got, you know, fairly right, the fans, on the, on the All-Star. When I was a kid, I used to vote, like, every day. I think I voted once, and I voted basically my favorite players. I had Jar, Steph, Draymond in my Western Conference. I had LeBron and, and, and Bede, like, and Jokic. Like, I just had the players that I think that are the best players in their conference, but that's just my opinion. Next, te- next thing I want to talk about, and if none of you guys, are, none of you people at, at the moment have looked at the standings in a while, which is fair because I hadn't looked at the standings in you know maybe a couple of days, three or four days. That's a long time for me. The first seed in the Eastern Conference today, as I'm recording this on the 29th of January, is 
the Miami Heat. Now, Miami started super hot, you know, in the, in the regular season. You know, and then a bit of injuries hit them. You know, they had, you know, Bam, Bam Adebayo coming off injury. They had Jimmy Butler coming off injury. They had Kyle Lowry in and out, a bit inconsistent. Now, you look at them, first seed. As I said before the start of the season, I said the danger teams in the Eastern Conference, for me, was Miami. The danger team in the West, for me, was Golden State. They are both respectively first in their conference and second in their conference. Now, that just shows me how important these teams are, and it shows me how good these teams are because there's one thing you can't fault within a team, coaching. If you have great coaching, you're going to be a good team no matter what. Miami and Golden State, if you ask me, have two of the best three, I would say, coaches in the NBA. I would say the next plus, the next coach would be obviously Greg Popovich, but they're doing a. But I would say those two right now are really, really good. I have to, I have to say, I really like Taylor Jenkins too, and I really like JB Bickstaff and the season they're doing. But I think the reason why Miami is so good is their coaching, and I think Miami is going to be a team that I, I think that they they could definitely get to the finals again because Chicago are a bit unproven at the moment. Cleveland, I need to see them in a seven game playoff series. Brooklyn with the Kyrie situation. I just don't think they can win the comp like that. I just have I, I I think it's too hard. Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, yeah, they'll be good, but I think they just don't have enough enough pieces at the moment. You know, especially without Ben Simmons. You know, if they can go get a haul for Ben Simmons, yeah, absolutely. Milwaukee, that's the danger team too. You know, Milwaukee's the reigning champions. They're the sixth seed right now, but if they were to win one game, and you know, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philadelphia lose, they're the third seed again. So it like the East is pretty pretty close. I would say. Right now, if I had to go Eastern Conference Finals, I'd, I'd probably go Milwaukee. They'd have a hard way to get it, but they, if they were to finish now, they'd best Cleveland, who they would beat, and then Chicago or or Charlotte. So I would say that they would beat both of them too, to be quite honest. So I would say I would have Milwaukee. I, I would have honestly, I would have I'd have Miami too. I think Miami are going to be a team that's going to be really really strong. You know, the more that they play chemistry wise, the better they'll be. And I just think they're built to beat teams defensively. You know, their, their defensive lineups they can throw out there is pretty intense. So I'm really, really excited to see that. But I just wanted to, you guys to know that Miami's the first seed in the East. Chicago's the second and Cleveland's the third. I would have had no, no, no wild imagination in my thoughts. No, sorry. <laughs> I said that wrong. Not in my wildest dreams would I have thought that Miami, Chicago and Cleveland would have been the top three seeds in the Eastern Conference in, in January, late January. I just wouldn't have thought of that. You know, so it's crazy to say. It's crazy to see the NBA and, and, and the way it's going. Last topic I want to talk about, guys. I, I did I did double in a little bit about coaches, but coach of the year candidates for me, if I was to pick three, I'd have JB Big Stuff out of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'd have Billy Donovan from the Chicago Bulls, and I would have Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, if you were to ask me what's the most surprising team out of this, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland easily because you look at it, Memphis made the playoffs last season, you know, so you can't you can't take the discredit from them. And then Chicago, Chicago, a lot of people didn't know what they were going to be, but teams thought they were, people thought they were going to be good. You know, they had a great off season, and last season they improved from where they were the season before, so they were taking jumps. Who would I say is the coach of the year? I would say it's, I would say it's Taylor Jenkins, because I I think that what he's doing with that team, as young as they are, it's super impressive to me. And it shows me the culture and the system he's building within a club and an organization. So I would I would go Taylor Jenkins. Yes, I do love Memphis a lot and I love everything about them. But I just think that I never thought they were going to be this good. 
But I think if it's a realist choice, it would probably go to Billy Donovan from the Chicago Bulls. And you can't be angry with that because he's done a he's done a fantastic job with this team. You know, I think that they're probably going to be, you know, a team that has a lot of fan love, you know. And when I say that team, so, so when I say that, so when in the playoffs, right, so say if your team's get knocked out, who's the next team you're going to go for that you'll want to win, you would like to see win the championship? I, I would say Chicago would have a lot of people that would want them to win again. You know, you look in the West too, I would probably say Memphis would have a lot of people that would root for them if their team had gotten knocked out. So I think that's going to help, you know, Chicago get that coach of the year. But yeah, I just I, I just think that the coaching right now, like you look at the top three, four, top four teams in each conference, you see like the better coaches in that in that in that mold. And I think Taylor Jenkins is going to be a really really good coach. I, I he, he might not be the best coach, but I think he's going to be a really good coach. And what he does there, I, I, I love it. I think Memphis is going to be a team that's going to be smoky for I think the next two or three years. Because from then, then you're going to have to play a lot, pay a lot of your players, and what you're going to do decisions wise there, I just have no idea. But guys, that's today's episode. I do appreciate you guys listening as always. I'm going to try to knock out a little bit more podcasts at the moment. But guys, thank you for listening. You can want to catch us on our socials. So you'll hear this right now. But thank you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at lanesmedia underscore all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys. But most importantly, have a great day.